NFL Week 11 betting market outlook. Hoo-wee. We've had a couple choppy weeks in circa two and threes, one three and ones, one and four last week. Still continue to be successful in live betting, angling into deep out of the money plays and looking for opportunities to capture mispriced risks. We've been so successful live betting circus, which has been a disaster over the past couple of weeks. And we got off to such a hot start and I just assumed though, okay, like our worst case scenario is three and two, because that's what it was for basically the first half of yeah, the season. Yeah, four or five weeks in a row, yeah. So on the one hand, comforting, but the other point is why am I being profitable in one of these aspects and am I not capitalizing in Circa? Uh, and that part's been a little more frustrating, but it's just a means for further research. Exciting. Pre-game betting, which is really what Circa is, and obviously a whole element of the game theory, the static lines, etc. But you have, so you have contest, you have pre-game betting, and then you have live betting. And all three are different strategies, different skill sets. Live betting is a completely different beast. Way more control requires discipline, durability, trying to anticipate game scripts and when to capitalize on the volatility in your game. None of those are obviously relevant when it comes to pregame betting. So let's go through our week 10 drive quality scoreboard recap the consensus market power rankings and then dive into nfl week 11. anything stick out to you on our drive quality scoreboard the bears once again yep. deviating from that final score decisively we have bears 34 earned points with the lions 25 earned points no one that really stands out is the colts which i'm not sure if it's more a statement about the colts and Certainly they're better with Matt Ryan, but I think it might just be talking about the, how bad the Vegas defense is at this point. They like cannot generate any pressure whatsoever. And our drive quality has him is giving up 10 more points than what actually happened. That's certainly one that stands out the Bears for sure. Even the Dolphins, again, sheer volume, 43 points. Like one of the concerns for me was like, okay, I like thought this offense was kind of dependent on the matchups and receive, but they've shown they can win in more than one ways. And they were dominant in the run game, which somebody called out live, but they can win. And this offense is legitimately great. Another interesting one is Cowboys Packers. So we do have the Packers winning 32 to 31, but just looking at those time weighted average margins, the time weighted average win probabilities again, time weighted average margin for the Cowboys plus three. Time-weighted average win probability, 62%, and end up losing. Vikings. I don't think there's really anything else to really say about this game that hasn't already been said, but the drive quality scoreboard, Bills 37, Vikings 30. And this is almost the exact type of game where the drive quality is supposed to stand out and really tell you who played better outside of that final score. I think everyone knows there was a bunch of weird stuff happening in that game. I think there's a lot of people reevaluating the Vikings now because they beat the best team in the NFL. When in fact, I mean, they shouldn't have. In fact, according to the drive quality, they shouldn't have even covered the deepest number that was even on the board, which is that minus six and a half. Time-weighted average win probability for the Vikings, 19%. I think most people are forgetting actually that the Vikings are down by double digits. Time-weighted average margin is a full touchdown huge time-weighted average margins this week as opposed to previous weeks. We've got sixes, yeah. eight, seven, ten, seven, eight. Huge margins. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, and some of these games weren't close from start to finish. Bucks, Seahawks. Drive quality, Bucks 30, Seahawks 19. So, in fact, a larger delta there than even the realized score. Seahawks minus eight time weight average margin, time weight average win probability 21%. What did we, what did a lot of the market miss on this game? The Seahawks wouldn't be able to generate any pressure. It's the team that had, I think they were leading the NFL in sacks for past four or five weeks and they did nothing. And maybe we should have been listening to Caleb more. Rashad White seemed to reinvigorate <laughs> the run game. Not, he did call that one out. He did call that one out. I'm still not upgrading the Bucks. I don't think they're particularly good. Maybe it's a, a tone down on the Seahawks defense, which was showing signs of life. And a good reminder that defense really does fluctuate over the course of the season. And buying into short-term defensive trends is probably a losing strategy. Through the first four, five, six weeks of the season, we kept referencing our preseason previews. And we got away from that as we got towards mid-season. And we've forgotten about the volatility of teams and also how we've had you have this kind of first half second half phenomenon of wow there's some team kind of really breaking out of what preseason expectations were and then as you got to that middle half of the season there was like this reversion back closer not always but closer yeah to what the preseason priors in fact were. And I'm not saying that this is what's gonna happen between these two teams, but yeah, a little well, bit of buying on the top mm-hmm. and selling it's, the bottom. It's Yeah, it's very rarely a straight line up, especially for a team with such low expectations like the Seahawks. Again, they might end up towards the top there and I wouldn't be shocking for them to win a playoff game, but it's not a straight line. I think this is one of the reasons why Two, we're so effective at live betting is because our pregame theses is our working draft of what we think is going to happen in this game. But once we see counter evidence, we'll abandon that quite quickly. You're looking for certain things to happen. And if those things aren't happening, then you need to start a fresh evaluation of the game based on, again, the still the tenets of what you understand about these teams and how you expect them to interact with one another. But I think we do a really good job of not being stubborn and holding on to some sort of pre-game notion and just forcing the issue in game, even if it's not playing out on the field. But yeah, was a successful Sunday live betting. Wasn't our most successful. The Saints yeah. were pretty much the biggest loser yeah. I know for my book. Yeah. I was going to say Monday night for me at least made up for it. I had my best life betting game of the season. I hit the plus 10 and a half, the money line, all the line. That, you that were, you were one of those game. beneficiaries of that garbage touchdown. In the of end. that garbage touchdown. That's true. Even without that, it would have been a yes, probably yes. still my best night. It was just but you had a little bit of a rocket flare. Yeah. There. And I think it was also like a real good example of what a life betting process looks like. But yeah, the Saints, that was one thing that didn't exactly go as planned. Yeah. Uh, we had the Saints plus seven, plus six and a half, and we fell a little bit asleep at the wheel because Saints were down 10, and that's when we were buying them. And then they come back, tie the game, and the live line came all the way back to Saints minus one, minus two, but there was no flirtation even 
with locking in any gains or hedging and then it slipped away um all right week 11 consensus market power rankings chiefs new number one josh allen has put together three troubling performances in a row uh, i think this is mentioned on the take the points podcast actually but something i've been thinking about for a while is like josh allen has been making just poor reads in crucial times which seems sticky right it's again this is a classic example of if you were doing a data science study you'd find it's totally random and noisy over a huge sample. But for one particular individual, the rule could still apply. But like in the biggest moments, he has trouble with decision-making and forcing and throws. And I think, I think Paige put it best when he's, I remember watching the divisional game against the Texans. So it was 2018 or 2019 when he had some bonehead bumble or like lateral that ended up as a fumble. I'm like, that's almost indicative of the type of player that he is. And he's terrific, but it comes with some bad red zone interceptions sometimes. Unnecessarily reckless. Yeah. Yeah. And we've gotten cracks now. One of the things that we've talked about over the first eight, nine weeks of the season is there's some really bad teams. And then most of the league is consolidated between somewhere between the fourth best team and 29th best team. But now we even have the cracks at the top. And also the other element here is that Josh Allen is not 100% healthy. So I would say in, in, in my book, the Bills would still be the best team. That's the team I would still bet on to win the Super Bowl and drive quality still has the Bills right number one. Yeah. So from a market power rankings perspective though, Chiefs are the new number one. Then we got the Bills at two, followed by the Eagles. Ravens up to number four, up one spot over the course of the week. And then we got Cowboys at five, down one spot. And then to round out the top 10, we have Niners, Bucks, Bengals, Vikings, Dolphins. Vikings just upgraded two spots. So still just a borderline top 10 team. And still a lot of disagreement. Standard deviation, five spots. I think I made this point a couple weeks ago and I'll reiterate it now, which is we know who the Vikings are. It's like a stable. It's, they yeah, are there's the actually nothing that we've seen thus far that would say. And there's nothing to say otherwise. And that might just be good enough in this environment. Cowboys, we have them as a borderline top 10 team at ninth. I'm very skeptical of the Cowboys. I'm pretty skeptical of the Cowboys too. I just, it's hard to replace them. But it's like, I'm skeptical about the Cowboys, but I'm also skeptical about all the other teams. And then at the bottom... Texans consensus, 32nd ranked team, standard deviation, zero. This is a buy sign though. This is almost unanimously every single time been a flashing buy sign with respect to being oversold. Texans, Panthers, Bears, Lions, Steelers, bottom five teams. Biggest yeah. standard deviation there is the Lions at about four and a half spots. Most of the analysts have them ranked as a bottom two team. ESPN, PFF, 538, all ranked 30th. Football Outsiders ranked 20th. And drive quality is more in that range of 21st. But the Bears ones also. Our draft quality has them 17. And this season is not even so recent. Oh, yeah, wow. It's not even so recent that the Bears have been popping. It's like really come alive the last four weeks after they changed the, the offense. But they've been doing well in our draft quality for a little while now. And I think it's... Every village in a minute. The 30 ranking is way off. So some of the biggest weekly changes, Saints down four spots, Raiders Fair. down four spots. Fair. Makes sense. Down 
three spots, even after the win versus the Cowboys. People not believing in them. Brown comes down three spots, continue to look like trash, especially Russell Wilson. Yeah. The defense obviously still looks good, but man, that offense and Russell Wilson. I paid the price for betting on Russell Wilson last week. I got to get some clips of me talking about Russell Wilson in the preseason. That's what I need. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You nailed that one. Literally, he is even worse than anyone than I thought. Yeah. And it's like funny to think that, like, what if Russell Wilson was good, Brown could be the best team in the NFL. And that's what I was saying. Yeah, too. Yeah. It was actually, that uh, was actually on par. I was, cause I, that I was, was saying, like, I'm like, dude, if you're right about Russell Wilson, like, he's not going to be terrible. Yeah. And maybe even if he got the ceiling, then this got, is like the best team in the division. I got both sides so wrong. <laughs> it's good because I got the Raiders so unbelievably right with receiver depth and lack of pass rushing. But that's all that so, matters, though, because that was our biggest offseason. Yeah, I didn't bet the Broncos. Whatever, they're, they're a disaster. They're, they're a disaster. This has got to be a good rule of thumb for me is that every time I think I want to leap off a team, you should give them one more week. So I've lost a ton of money on the Broncos this year. More than the Jags? The Jags have maybe money because of all lines. That's true. I've hit three all lines of them this year. I made up for it. Yeah. And halfway through that game, you were still very confident. Liking the Browns. Yeah, well, I mean, my bet was looking great. You were counting your money a little bit there. I was counting um, money. I was, I giggly cashed that one. You were counting some money actually so early that you didn't, because well, you didn't passing yards hit. The passing yards hit on one play. And I was like, okay, I just need one more score. Meaning it went up 10 nothing. And I just needed the Titans not to score on that drive to get my head on my just It didn't work. Or you did get the, like the perfect price. And that's yeah, the thing is, of like, course. like, again, you can pat yourself on the back sometimes and say, oh, I was really patient. And like, I got the best. The thing is, yeah. like, you can't always get the bottom or you can't no. always get no. the top. I was telling you know? myself this was the point. No, I was fine because I came in with a plan. I was like, this is the point where I buy. You're going to lose bets. But All I, I know is I took Titans six and a half, plus six and a half, yeah. which again, I left a ton of money on the table because I could have bet Titans alt or Titans money line or whatever. And this is one of the reasons why we bet a lot of deep out of the money plays because if you're right, then you make a killing rather than yep. just being right. And I didn't need any of those points, yep. <laughs> it turns out. But what I'm saying is I got the Titans plus six and a half, made it on the game trade. You could have gotten Titans plus six and a half as well. Yeah, that's true. What else we got? Washington with the biggest upgrade, up seven spots. Oh. Jets up four spots. Jets up four spots. And then a flurry of teams up two in one spot. Yeah. Washington, no. This was so in the cards. We knew they could do it. We didn't learn anything to do about the team. They executed a perfect game plan. Maybe certainly not seven spots. No, no one or two, fine. I'm not, yeah. not counting. But again, the market was off because, again, even drive quality was higher. And actually, this is one thing I want to do an analysis of is how much is the drive quality power ranking a leading indicator to market? So you basically take the drive quality ranking of any team and then put it on a lag and see if it, how closely does it overlap, especially when the season's over and do some of this. This analysis is going to be really interesting. Jags, still one of the highest standard deviations, 8.1 spots. In fact, the highest standard deviation. Drive quality has the Jags ranked 11th. ESPN catching up 12th, but PFF 28th, 538 31st, still evaluating the Jags as a bottom bucket team. Largest other standard deviations. Seahawks, once again, Cards, Rams, Jets, Titans, Chargers, Raiders, all there, all with almost 
basically six spots of standard deviation across industry analysts. Let's go in to the week 11 slate. Titans Packers, Packers still plus two and a half live down seven zip. Totals dropped 42 and a half. So that's already dropped for four points. I knew that 46 and a half was high. Browns, Bills, Browns plus eight and a half in Buffalo. Games in Detroit. When did that happen? This afternoon. Late this afternoon. Because oh, yeah. I bet the alt under 41 and a half plus 180. Thinking I saw the snow on the forecast. I'm like, this line's only going one direction. So wait, did it snap L- back? Literally, yeah, it went back to 48 and a half. Literally, so, but it, it I, did go all the way down to 40. It went down to 40. Then it came back to 42 and a half. And I went to actually go cash out my bet. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this game's going to get played in Buffalo. And as I'm going to check, my bet was void. So I got my money back. Oh, because they changed location. Because they changed that's location. Um, that's one of the few things that will yes. allow you to get that out will, that. They'll move the, that will And so back. what? It's just because of the snow? There's 60 inches, apparently. Can't have anyone drive to the game. You got your like, do, do you know if we're getting any of that here in the city? No, it's lake effects now in Buffalo. Uh, gotcha. So how are you thinking about this one? A half full over a touchdown. I don't have a great read on the on the Browns. Yep, all season. season. All season. All season. Uh, even last week, I like the Browns plus three and a half. But with the acknowledgement, I'm like, I do not have a feel on the Browns. It's the same thing as the Eagles-Texans, where it's, I would have made the spread, that game was, the spread was 14. I was like, I would have made the spread 12 and a half. I think eight and a half is too high. Am I betting this game? No. I'm what about live? What are you looking for live? Well, Browns team is going to show up. What happens after the scripted plays? They've shown that, like, they can hang with anyone when things are working, and if not. The other thing is, I wonder if, the Bills go with a heavy run game. That might be an under possible underplay. Browns have the absolute worst run defense. If they want to milk this game and not put Allen in a lot of passing situations, I can see that unfolding. I thought we were going to see that versus the Vikings. And just like when we were on the game trade, I was nonstop ridiculing the Bills game plan yeah. and how they were using Josh Allen. Yep. All right, Eagles at the Colts. Eagles minus seven reduced juice on DraftKings. Total 45 and a half. I've been hearing like a lot of murmurs that people are upgrading the Colts. How? We saw, I saw nothing. I no saw nothing. one week change. The only change you would make is, all right, is this team going to have Ellinger or is it going to have Matt Ryan? So it's going to have Ryan. Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying that's the only eva- different yeah. of how you would evaluate that team from a week to week basis. But yeah. just because they beat the rate, if anything, it's more of a condemnation of the Raiders. Yeah, than that's it what is. I was saying. Yeah. And yeah, they put up 35 on our drive quality scoreboard, but like I think that says more about the Raiders than it does yeah. the Colts. And market consensus power rankings, one week change for the Colts, zero spots. Yeah. So. It's also it's a different ball game when Matt Ryan has the pass rush of the Raiders. Or I should say the non-existent pass rush. I think I'll just take a bunch of sacks. And I don't think this offense is going to be able to do that much. But the Colts defense is legitimate. And I guess they can copy the same game script as Washington and try and just lead out long, long drives. Like, I can see that. We're, I guess, working. But that's, again, that's a live angle. Yeah. And their offensive line hasn't shown any ability to block well. But Taylor rushed for 150 yards last week. You can do it again. I didn't heavily bet that Eagles-Washington game, really, at all. I bet Washington, I, I saw the beginning and the end of the game. 
I bet Washington plus 18 and a half. Again, left a ton of points on the board. Again, because didn't need any of them, it turns out. But one of the things that gave me a little bit of conviction to do that was, I think it was just the, the prior week when Arjun was in town, we were watching the Texans Eagles. And we're just like, the Eagles, like we're just getting pushed around, especially on the run game. But that Jordan did. And that's how Washington won, was through, I was on the ground. And yeah. I imagine that's what the Colts are going to want to do as well. And if the Eagles are going through some sort of mid-season growing pains and they're going to get pushed around on the ground, Colts are not a type of team that you necessarily want to face on the road. At plus seven, and given that the market hasn't upgraded the Colts, again, it's just more anecdotally on the podcast I've been listening to, I keep hearing people talk about, oh, I'm upgrading the Colts, I'm upgrading the Colts, mostly because, oh, the Colts oh. won a game. And most people got their faces ripped off because everyone was levering up into Raiders in that last game, which I don't know why you would do that because the Raiders were already banged up and they're not a good team to begin with. Jets at New England. Jets plus three and a half total over under 38. You know what I like here? A little dicey special here. Let's get Jets money line. Jets money line in the end. We've got two quarterbacks extremely prone to pressure. Everyone knows about Wilson, but Mac Jones is right there with Zach Wilson. I think his EPA is like negative 0.7 under pressure. Wilson's is negative 0.87. That's insane rate of being bad. It's like essentially taking a sack every time you're under pressure. And the Jets and Patriots are both top 10 in pressure rate. These are the kind of things that kill drives. Both teams want to keep the ball on the ground. That's going to keep the clock moving. And at the end of the day, I trust the Jets defense more. And I trust the Jets offensive prowess whether i don't think it's Zach wilson but i think it's the running backs it's the it's garrett wilson it's the coordinators i think they're just the, they're the better team than the patriots and again that's going to be ugly slow and less. don't hate the old under either especially because you can get out of that in the first quarter i don't want to ignore or forget that the jets are more banged up now than they were back when even off the you know, made a great call on the Jets versus Packers, for instance. Yeah, that, that was the, this is a different scenario, though. This is more, I think it's two bad teams. I mean, not bad teams, two okay teams. And the market is saying there's actually a pretty decent lean towards the Patriots, and I'm like, no, it's more like a 50-50 game. That's the play. That's a better way of framing it and articulating it. Mm-hmm. It should not be three and a half. It should be a pickup. I, I don't trust Zach Wilson's. Again, he showed some restraint over the last couple games. Yeah. Not being a total reckless idiot with the Patriots. And I don't necessarily want to say let's turn a corner. No, I'm not suggesting that. I feel more comfortable with the three and a half. In fact, I think that could really come into play in this game. And if Wilson is showing restraint, even if the Jets go down 10 zip, I would be willing to bet the Jets live if he's showing restraint and he doesn't look like a crazy mofo. Yeah. I hear it. But I don't know if I want to bet the Jets right off the bat on the money line. It's a value play. That's a pure, these numbers I think should be different. And I'll make 15, 20 of these over the course of the season. And I want to go 58%. Lions plus three in New Jersey versus the Giants over under 45. I like the Giants. I'm conflicted here. Why do you like the Giants? I do not trust Goff and still on the road in elements it's not going to be great weather even if there's a blizzard up in buffalo and we're not going to get necessarily a snowflake it's going to be cold at minimum this is yeah goth's not good against the play. and darnell says goth has little hands 
Goff does have. That's true. It's very true. I like that. Little hands in week 11 in New Jersey. I. That's not something I yeah. want to bet on. Yeah. Okay. Okay, little. And like they're, they've proven time and time again they can beat inferior opponents. I think that's the kick. And remember, on our drive quality, the Bears blew them out. The Lions. Well, yeah, the Bears blew yeah. out the Lions. The Lions. Yeah. yeah. I think, but like this is how, oh, the Lions like went out. Right. Oops, I forgot they won last week. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Giants here. Much respect for the Lions, especially in a road game against a team that likes the Blitz and Goff's not good. But yeah, I'm with you. Panthers plus 13 on the road in Baltimore over under 41 and a half. This is something we see like over and over again. Like these yeah. huge Panthers, huge like super yeah. low totals. Yeah. Also, it's going to be a Baker game. Again, It's this is the same take as what I articulated before. Would I make this line 13? Absolutely not. Am I betting either side? No. Yeah. Because the Ravens just, the volatility in them is like too Yeah, high. and also just, they're going to lose straight up or they're going to win by 30. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I wonder, you risk a half unit, you put a quarter unit on Panthers money line, and you put another one on Ravens minus 23 and a half. Yeah. Alt line. Yeah. It's a big Polish middle, but yeah. I just yeah. don't think the Pan- the Ravens are this good. The other, oh, by the way, the other thing that should be mentioned is like the defense is finally getting healthy. Like the cornerbacks are finally getting healthy. They're good. The Ravens are legitimately good. I think Mark Andrews might be back here. Losing Bateman's tough. Still no receivers. Still no Bateman. No, no Bateman. Duvernay's been fine in his stead. And, like, look, the Ravens have built this offense for three, four, five years now without any real receivers. Washington minus three at Houston over under 41. Another pretty low total. I'm surprised by this one. The total? No, just the spread. We were talking about consensus worst team. That's a buy signal. Yeah, but it's not that big of a price. I don't hate Houston here. I don't hate Houston. I don't like Houston. It's just three's not. You don't get me excited betting. They might not be 32nd, but worse. they might not be the worst team in the league. Or they are, and they shouldn't be consensus worse, whatever. But okay, three point spread's not going to be excited. That's true. But like Washington still is the better team. That's what I'm surprised that the line is actually so low that there's underlying support for Houston. But who's betting Houston? I don't know who's betting Houston. I don't know who's betting Houston, especially when the other side is Washington. You just it's an interesting prime versus one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I would definitely lean Houston, but it would be one of those that you feel and look really stupid <laughs> if you bet it and lose. <laughs> exactly. uh, Bears plus three at Atlanta over under forty nine and a half. But I'm, you might have to close your ears for this one. I can't even offer any actionable views on this game because it involves okay. the Bears. Okay. And something I've been talking about all season, which continues to be proven correct, is I cannot make anyone any money on the Bears. Yeah. Okay. I love the Bears this week. There there are a few things. So you don't think you're buying the top? No. Because again, I'm sourcing, the, I'm sourcing the information. Okay. Okay. Everyone knows about the offense changing. Justin Fields didn't have the design rushes. Now he does. The running play action. Great. Everyone knows that. Oh, people say, oh, it's priced in. It's not. They've been the second best offense by our drive quality since they made that change after the mini buy. And again, it's important to emphasize the mini buy part because it's not just like a random, oh, let's endpoint sure. our samples. No, this is a team that specifically made a schematic change and made a concerted effort. And it's going to, it, it is a fundamental difference in the team. That's the first thing to know. The second is, and, and they, they're like, they're second best since that in that span. And the market is still pricing them as 21st best, at least according to the imprint spreads, which is like the best we can do at isolating 
the offense. So I don't think they're moving them far enough. But that's not really what does it for me in this matchup. The Falcons insist on running the ball no matter what. Right, I have a chart in the article I wrote up, and it's just every week they're running 15% above expected. Every single week, doesn't matter the opponent. And it's like the matchup against the Bears is almost meaningless. It's like, okay, they're not a great run defense. They're 23rd best at run defense, but teams are still averaging negative EPA when you run against them. It's still ineffective to run against them, and like the way teams have been taking advantage against the Bears is they're passing. The pass defense is dreadful. And like you've almost neutralized the matchup here. Because the Falcons are just going to run the ball, and it's going to turn the defense into every other defense. And the Falcons are going to do the same thing that they've done the past bunch of weeks. And it's like, hey, we're, the market is still not caught up to the pricing the Bears offense. And they're certainly, I don't think, pricing the matchup correctly. Which is like, Bears bad defense, that makes the Atlanta offense better. As opposed to saying, no, they're not going to take advantage of the Bears. I wrote up two, minus two and a half and the Bears to score 21 points plus 195. I don't hate moving that line out even further. I think we really have to pay attention to the last four weeks. Look, are they going to be the second best offense in the league? No. But I think it's way closer to second than it is 29th. Also, like, our draft quality has been 17th. Huge delta. Yeah. Um, and the Falcons, are, the Falcons are bad. That's like, the opening there, is that the Falcons I, still aren't good themselves. But I'm going to make is, your prognostication wrong by betting on the Bears right now. Yikes. Are you doing the outline or are you betting the... I took the plus three. So I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I feel like you're betting it on my account. The other thing I just want to say, which is you brought up a good point earlier about when we look back at like the volatility chart of each team, yeah. like it would be so unsurprising to look back on the Falcons who ended up the season six and 11 being like, oh yeah, remember when we thought they were like good from like week six to week like nine, we're like, oh, this Falcons team might be good. And they totally fell off a cliff. Yeah. That's how I see this chart. Going. And yeah, I see so the Bears kind of creeping up. I can see. I also think this total is very high, 49 and a half, especially for a Falcons team that does want to run the ball. I can see this kind of playing out similar to Seahawks Falcons from yeah. earlier in the season. And that was below 49 and a half. I would love this also, especially live. Bears, definitely one of the better scripted teams. They're moving in the chart to the top right quadrant. Yeah, it seems they're like they're there, moving yeah. like they're that in that direction in all metrics. Yeah, um, sure. Is it the Bears start off, go up 7-zip, whatever, this moves up and above some of those key numbers, 51, 52, even 54, then live, I think I, I like that under. Again, it's been dangerous playing Bears under the last four or five weeks. Yeah. Rams, plus three, plus 100 at... The Saints, over under 39. Second lowest total on the board with the Jets and Patriots at 38, the lowest on the board. Stafford's back, right? Without cup. But no cup. And no. And the Saints have not looked good. Saints have looked bad. I'm ready to give up on the Saints. Just when you're ready to give up on the Saints in a spot against Rams defense, which can't generate pressure. Like the spot's going to be good for the Saints. That's when you buy the Saints. Saints missing three O-line players. Yeah, I don't know if it matters against the Rams. The Saints are like one of those teams early in the season. Again, one of the like the live bets that you were most viscerally calling me out on was a get with the Saints. That was back with Jameis Winston. Talking about how the Saints can't score. The Saints can't score. You hated yep. the Saints to begin the season. And then there was, was an arc. And now, but it's now shown itself again. Yeah. The thing is, the Rams defense is not the Steelers defense on the road. Raiders plus three at Denver, 41 is the total. 
are you going to be enticed by the Broncos once again? I think I'll sprinkle a similar pet play to what I did last week. <laughs> but I'll sprinkle it this time. Just when you think it's time to give up. And this, it's a bet on the Vegas pass defense being bad. But it's almost a prop bet. It's not even. I'm not sure I'll pull the trigger, though. I don't know if it's worth it. But you can also make the same case about the Raiders, by the way. But this offense was actually pretty good for a while. And they really fell off quick. But it's, I don't want to go into Denver, the best defense in the league. Uh, and a stickier one. I'll lean Denver as well. well Minus three reduced juice right now. If this creeps under three, there's been nothing sure to buy there, on the Raiders. Nothing to buy on the Raiders. No. Cowboys minus one and a half on the road at Minnesota over under 47 and a half. Uh, it's Minnesota. This is a good black play for me. Vikings good scripted. Cowboys not so good scripted. They lean on their run game too much early. The Cowboys and Dak the CD Lamb is a combo. And I like the Vikings just have a way to make these one possession games no matter what. They're winning by three scores, one possession game. Losing by three scores, one possession game. Yeah, I wish the Vikings would have actually lost, not just theoretically lost like they did in our drive quality scoreboard. Because I feel like there's a lot of buy on the Vikings and sell of the Cowboys here. I think how Dallas covers this is you have an implosion by Cousins. We're just like, we have good Dak. Nah, I don't think that. Obviously that can happen, but the way I- That can definitely happen. The way I see it is this is a three pick, fumble six type Cousins game. The Cowboys pressure that hasn't been as dominant reasserts itself. This is an important note that I came across. Michael Parsons was not pass rushing last week. He had an injury on the linebacker, and he was playing linebacker. That's a huge loss to the Cowboys defense. Injury-based? Yeah. Yeah. Like he was replacing someone and playing the linebacker as opposed to pass rush. That's that's noteworthy. Yeah, that will be a good one to live bet for sure. Bengals minus four at Pittsburgh over under 41. Bengals, we know, been sacked the most in the league. We know Burrow and that offensive line, super vulnerable to any team that even has a modicum of a pass rush, much less an actually good pass rush. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Bengals. That and the Bengals still know Jamar Chase. It's self-true. True. And they've still shown that they can put up the performances without him my bold take is that i actually don't think matchups matter that much on the defensive side for people playing against Bengals. burrow creates his own pressure right what i'm trying to say is that burrow burrow's gonna take his sacks no matter what you got to build that in right it's like the fact whether he's playing the cowboys or the steelers the sacks are gonna be there where he's playing the cowboys the steelers or the falcons He's going to take yeah, but sacks. I think it's a matter of whether it's going to be three or I don't six. Think, I'm saying, I think, no, but like, that's my point. I think it kind of, and I don't think it's matchup dependent, which is something that I should look into, honestly. There's a quantity. My, my gut feeling there is that their returns do diminish. It's not a matter of like quality of pass rush. I don't think it's like a linear line of his sacks. I see it as an attractive spot to attack their secondary, which I don't know if it's still hurt. It was really hurt last week, but it's not good even when they're healthy. And I still do trust that the Bengals can get the ball to their weapons. I might bite some alt-line stuff, but I'm not betting the four. I just, if I see it, then, like, if they're clicking early, that's a lie for, for sure. And they can really run it. Yeah, definitely possible, but Steelers have given up 30 points only twice this year to the Eagles and the Bills. None than that, 16 points to Miami. I was going to give up 10 points last week. And they played already, you know, week one. And that was... Yeah, that was the crazy, the five interception game. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable 
betting the Bengals of who we know the Bengals to be this season. They're just not dependable. Yeah. The Chiefs minus five at the Chargers over under 52. I don't like betting the Chargers at the margin, but unless the Chargers are still beat up and not gaining any players meaningfully back from what they were, I mean, outside of those first two drives or whatever versus the Niners, they did absolutely nothing. Nothing. They were just as bad as everyone thought they were potentially going to look. Maybe even worse. Worse. It's worse. But the Williams and Allen practice today, totally different offense, I think. So you're saying they could potentially be back? They're both, I think. We need Dan or resident injury specialist, but (laughs) I think there's a good chance they both play. I mean, if they both play, then the five. Which, by the way, also, timeout. The line is signaling that. It started at seven. And they both practiced. And they both practiced. Yeah, thank you, Dan. And they both got in practice sessions. Which definitely suggests a and line movement suggests that plank. Yeah, so it's a bet on a bet, which I hate. <laughs> yep, I'm not. Yeah, I like the volatility in this matchup. Yeah, I think the charge is probably something I like for Circa at this point in time, especially. We just need to roll the dice probably with it. Yeah. If they do both play, then this probably comes down to three, if at least yeah. maybe even under that. They're not going to be near 100%. And Mike Williams is not a guy I really like when he's banged up. Maybe you can't separate anyway. He's just going to make those contested catches. Right. Yeah. This is, by the way, this is going to be Kadarius Tony season. Who's the two wide receivers not playing? Juju? from a concussion and i think mbs also yeah they're i feel like all those receivers are just all replacement players yeah all right last monday night niners minus eight at arizona over under 43 and a half is murray gonna play or is it gonna be mccoy again he's unclear and either of them gonna (laughs) play or both they're both they're both hurt cliff said he's gonna go with one of them Oh, and this game's yeah, in Mexico City. And Hopkins in Mexico City. Hopkins didn't practice today all of a sudden, but maybe Hollywood Brown's back. I just don't know what to make. That's not a fair trade-off. I actually forgot they even had Hollywood Brown anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's possible to have all of their weapons back. Finally, there's this Shanahan premium. The little market just loves Shanahan. It's like this obsession. You know, he has all his toys back. Like, something that's getting lost in the Sunday night game is the Niners look bad. The offense look bad. A lot of pregame bets on cards that just have not materialized. But we're getting at a point now at a, at a full eight. Like, that's a pretty deep sell-off. Yeah. Though the most important injury line item would be Hopkins. Because we already know what this offense looks like without him, even with Brown in the lineup. And it's not explosive. It's not potent. It's not effective. Yeah. So no Hopkins, no bet. For me. Alrighty, that wraps up our NFL Week 11 betting market outlook. Thanks everyone for joining and listening and commenting. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Darnell. Fast close the bell.